We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me. My fellow football priest, you know him, you love him. I'm sure you've missed him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, first things first, since our community, our audience didn't get to hear from you yesterday, what was your gut reaction to how things played out in London? You know, a part of me is happy to see the Broncos get a victory. I, I predicted 2016 in my mailbag. It was 21-17, so I, I kind of had a, a pretty good guess on the game, but it was the Jaguars. And the fact is they played a good second half, but the first half looked like same old Broncos, Chad. To me, this didn't do much to move the needle. They come out of the bye week. They beat Tennessee, for example. I'll start believing. They beat Kansas City down the road. I'll start believing. But one win over the Jaguars, it, it being a victory and all, it helps save their season. It doesn't really change much. Hackett still looks in over his head. Uh, the offense was still clunky in the first half. And if it weren't for Russ taking over and really being the – old Russell Wilson, they probably would have lost that game. The defense was good, but the run defense still needs a lot of work. They're being gashed up the middle. That's been a routine problem. So it didn't really do much for me other than improve the Broncos from two and five to three and five. They have a lot of work to do if they want to even compete the rest of the season. You know, we hate to uh, spam you with the request to like the video gang, but as Dylan says here, make sure you like this video, especially if you're on YouTube or Facebook, it's a small thing you can do to help us out. Zach, you know what rankles me is you make a great point. It's good to see the Broncos get a win, okay? They snap a four-game losing streak. They get off the schneid, so to speak, but let's not pretend they just won the Super Bowl. Let's not pretend they just bought themselves a ticket to the playoffs, and yet you have Nathaniel Hackett. I'm going to pull this up and do a little share screen so everyone can, can do some scratch and sniff with us on this because I want to find out from you guys in the chat uh, and those listening, if this kind of smacks uh, a little <clears throat> a little poorly for you as well. Here's what he told Nathaniel Hackett, Zach. This is what he told Albert Breer of the Mothership at Sports Illustrated. Quote, the amount, and this was yesterday, by the way. This was Sunday. Quote, the amount of adversity that we've faced, I don't care what anybody says. It's more than anybody through injuries, through schedules. And that doesn't even count the game. So I think... Just seeing everybody battle through it, the defense playing at a high level, they've all played together for a long time. There's an excuse. 
we've got an offense that hasn't played well, but they haven't played together a lot. There's another excuse. They haven't played as a group, so you got to learn those ins and outs. And I got to learn how to call plays for Russ. I got to learn how to call plays for all the players. And we've been in the spotlight, all those things, another excuse. And listen, we've got so much more that we have to do, so much more we have to correct, and there's so much more room for being better, close quote. I don't like – George Payton, I guess, kind of set the tone on Thursday, Zach, in London exactly. when, when he started making exactly. excuses. But I just – this bothers me. Like, just keep your head down and go figure out what to do in the bye, lick your wounds a little bit, come out and try and get hot down the stretch. Yeah, that was the point I was going to make. It seems like he got that from George Payton. And by that, I mean excuse-making, the primetime games. And, you know, don't hurt Nathaniel Hackett's feelings. He's still growing and he's still doing his best. I don't know what not having a lot of time to play together is still going to be valid entering week 10 now, Chad. And it was his decision to not play them in the preseason. He says he has to get better at calling plays. Well, isn't that why the Broncos hired you? Isn't that the one thing (laughs) that you bring to the table and you're still learning how to call plays for your $245 million quarterback entering week 10? Again, it doesn't do much to inspire confidence. There's a lot of players on the team that stepped up their game yesterday, including Justin Simmons, Russell Wilson, but the coaching staff didn't really move the needle at all for me, Hackett especially. Sam Bam jumping in early with a super chat. Thank you, brother. Very, very generous of you, big dog. He says, good evening, Chad and Zach. So nice to be back in the win column. Man, you ain't a kidding. Hackett was the biggest winner of yesterday, I feel. His job is probably safe for at least the rest of the year. Mostly glad some hope and optimism were restored. I agree with you on everything that you just said. Literally, I do think Hackett was probably the biggest winner yesterday. I agree that it probably made his job safe. If it wasn't already safe before, probably guaranteed that he at least survives the season. Doesn't mean he'll get a year two. Doesn't guarantee that. But probably does mean, Zach, that he survives the season. And it did give me a sliver of hope. Now, you you weren't there for your yesterday's gut reaction, Zach, but one of the things I said to Eric and to everybody in the in the chat was, it gave me a small sliver, gave me a small reason to believe. Now, am I going to go pin all my hopes and dreams on that? No, it was the Jags. It was one game, but it was a sliver of optimism. I think that optimism is rooted around number three, if there's any sliver here, not the coaching staff. And that's going to continue to be a detriment, Chad. The Broncos will win games in spite of Nathaniel Hackett and not because of him. But Sam, Chad, I ask you, is it false hope? Is it false optimism? Did you see how Hackett celebrated? He was hugging Josie Jewell when the clock ran out. They defeated the Jaguars. Like you said, it was their Super Bowl. And the fact that, or it seemed like that, and the fact that they were that elated to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in London really shows you how bad this team has been and how far they've fallen. So I feel like we can all agree. If the Broncos don't go on a major run here, they're maybe considering uh, changing out the head coach, firing Hackett, moving on. I feel like by extending that by one victory is going to just delay the process of ripping the Band-Aid off. And I wasn't advocating for his firing. I still think regardless he would have gotten the whole season, but there are still fundamental fatal issues with this football team, and they stem mostly from their offensive coaching staff and head coach. And I don't know that one victory, singular victory, changes any of that. I agree. We're going to come right back to this. But, guys, really quick, listen up, all right? If you are like us, you're getting increasingly more concerned about cybercrime, about people out there trying to gank your private data, invade your privacy. Uh, But here's the problem. 
we're not that tech savvy, all right? That's why we're now using NordVPN on all our browsers, whether it's desktop, tablet, laptop, or phones. And VPN, in case you didn't know, that stands for Virtual Private Network. And NordVPN, it protects you as a one-stop shop for all things cybersecurity. It's incredibly easy to use. You don't have to have a degree from MIT. With just one click, you're protected. Very intuitive to use, in other words, all right? With NordVPN, Here's the other cool thing. Up to six devices protected, and you can change your geolocation to make sure you don't miss any game. Whether it's a Bronco game, you live out of market, no problem. You want to make sure you want to guarantee you catch the game, an in-market game, but you live out of market, no problem. You fix the geolocation, applies to NFL, NBA, you name it, Zach. Yeah, Broncos country, grab the exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash MHH to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and four months free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that's nordvpn.com slash MHH to get four months free. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's a lifesaver. I tell you what, seriously, like from stumbling upon um, NordVPN, I shouldn't say we stumbled upon it, but the the happy coincidence of us teaming up couldn't have come in a better time because I had literally just like a week prior had my credit card number stolen. And fortunately, everything was cool. My bank protected me and everything. But I was like, yo, NordVPN, I'll protect from that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, all right, back to this conversation, gang. Um Zach, we got rumors galore. We got rumors galore, mostly uh, circling and revolving around Bradley Chubb and Jerry Judy. Uh, But before we grab this Phil McLaughlin question here, what's the latest you've heard? I know you had an article on the topic earlier today. Yeah, Bradley Chubb, there's, and so did you yesterday, Chad, from what Adam Schefter reported. There's multiple teams that are inquiring about Bradley Chubb, and the Broncos supposedly, and one GM even admitted it to Jordan Schultz of uh, the score, that they've offered the Broncos a package that includes a first-round pick and other compensation. And here's my standing on that, as you know. 
and most people know. If you're not dead set on re-signing Bradley Chubb, and if you don't want to apply the $20 million franchise tag to him in the offseason, you have to get the first-round pick. I'm not selling him for anything cheaper than that. It's first-round pick or bust, but you have to take that deal. You paid Randy Gregory $70 million. Nick Benito had a breakout. He had one-and-a-half sacks yesterday. Baron Browning was looking good before going down. Even Jonathan Cooper is a decent outside linebacker to have. Can you really afford to bring back Chubb on a 20 plus million dollar deal on the franchise tag or multi-year contract and uh, still devote the resources you need? I'm, I'm more inclined to pay Draymond Jones, who's also a UFA at the end of the year, than bring back Bradley. I'd love to keep him around. He's great in run defense. He's a, a captain. I like what he brings to the table when he's healthy. Key words there. But the Broncos have the depth where you can withstand that loss. And they're going to have to recoup some of that capital they lost in the Russell Wilson trade. They need help on various parts of the roster, inside linebacker, offensive line. You do that with a first-round pick. So if George Payton has one on the table and he is even 2% uh, confused or undecided about resigning Bradley Chubb, you got to take that offer. Both Chubb and Jones have five and a half sacks. They're tied for the team lead. You know, which one's more valuable? Maybe it's open to the to the eye of the beholder there, but I would probably say Chubb just because he's a more complete player at his position. Um, Draymond Jones, he's so streaky when it comes to his run defense. Great pass rusher, great interior pass rusher. But uh, if I had to err on the side of one of those, it, it, it might sound counterintuitive after what I just said, but I'd probably err on just paying – Planning on playing, uh, paying Draymond Jones next offseason just because probably come at a significantly uh, less expensive clip, Zach, than what Bradley Chubb's going to be asking for on the open market or, you know, franchise tag, I guess, too. That's up there as well. But it's really hard deciding, to be honest with you, on which one of those guys presents more value long term to the Broncos. But um, Jerry Judy also in the headlines, Zach, there's reports lot many different teams calling the Broncos about Jerry Judy. The Giants are one of the most interested publicly in Jerry Judy, but the Broncos aren't that interested in themselves trading Jerry Judy. And right now, whatever their ask is, all right, we don't know exactly what that is. Whatever, though, George Payton's asking for, Zach, it's too rich for a team like the New York Giants. And I feel like Jerry Judy's starting to break out into his own, and he's becoming Russell Wilson's number one target, or even Brett Rippon for that matter. Cortland Sutton has treaded downward for weeks now after a hot start to the season, and Jerry Judy's really blossoming. I don't think the Broncos are going to trade him, especially after they won that game. It's either, to me, Bradley Chubb or someone like Albert O as a throw-in or, or nothing. But here's the unenviable situation that George Payton finds himself in. After a victory where your season's still alive, heading into a bye week, you keep Chubb and uh, risk not getting that capital back. If you get a first-round offer and you're not going to resign him, how do you turn that down? But if you do trade him, what message does that send to the locker room that he's a captain, he's a he's an elder statesman uh, of some sort on the defense, he's tired for the, the team lead in sacks? Are we going to really dismantle the team now and have a fire sale when the season's still alive? So I don't really envy at all the position George Payton's in, but I feel like his love for capital and the – the use of it 
if you look at George Payton's draft classes, almost every player he selected is contributing to the Broncos in one way or the other. And I would love for him to have more darts to throw at the dartboard. So again, if you get a first rounder on the table for Bradley, I feel like Chad, you've got to take that. I feel you. I do feel you. And we know how much Payton values them picks, right? But, your point about what it would signal if you trade one of your team captains and a guy who's leading your team in sacks at this point in the season, the subconscious message it sends to the locker room is, hey, we we actually believe we've dug ourselves too big a hole. Those five losses are going to be too much to overcome. So we're already looking ahead to 2023. That's a risk he would run. Now, you still might be able to sell it. You still might be able to find a way to you know, convince the guys in the locker room that it was for the the best – right now as much as it is in the future, but good luck with that. Let's segue just for a second because Phil's been a patient boy. Thank you for the stars, big dog. He says, what do you hope will be – what do you hope will be the offense – what will the offensive line look like after the uh, bye, Zach and MHH for life? Appreciate that, Phil. What do you think? Because Graham Glasgow finally came in. It's unfortunate. Lloyd Cushenberry suffered an injury. We'll find out more tomorrow, the specifics on his injury when Hackett uh, speaks, Zach. But uh, what do you? what's your answer for Phil? After watching the game a couple times, uh, Quinn Miners did not have the best day in pass pro. The Broncos were beat inside a couple times. Billy Turner, too, for that matter. But there's no coincidence that the O-line as a whole was leaps and bounds improved with Glasgow, an actual capable starting caliber center in the game. Cushenberry is just not it. And I've been one of his bigger advocates and proponents, but he's a backup at best. He doesn't have the strength or functionality to be a long-term center for the Broncos. And they looked just worlds better of the offense as a whole, but it starts up front. And center is so important, and Cushenberry wasn't cutting it. So we don't really know what the Broncos are thinking on a daily basis, weekly basis, but I would venture to guess coming out of the bye week, it could be a case where Lloyd Cushenberry was Wally Pipped by Glasgow. And his injury, I hate to say it, could have been the best thing to happen to this Broncos O-line. Remember, we don't believe in coincidence at Mile High Huddle, all right, as a general philosophy. And the Broncos offense suddenly looked competent when Graham Glasgow entered at center. Shout out, Big Earn. Good to see you, my brother. Uh, here's uh, a very generous super chat from the Zeus himself. Zeus. All right. He is uh, descending from on high. MHH Mount Rushmore. It's way up there. You got to peer through the clouds. He's coming down is Zeus McPeak to say what's up. Throw down some support for MHH. And he's got, uh, he's got a message and he's got a question. Stu, we love you, big dog. Thank you, bud. He says, uh, go Broncos. It wasn't pretty, but a win is a win. It's nice to have a win for a change. Is Chubb gone by morning, Zach? What do you think? If you gun to your head, do the Broncos deal Chubb? Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I don't know, without seeing those offers and knowing what George Payton's working with, I don't know right now. You know, someone on Twitter mentioned that Roquan Smith, he was traded to Baltimore today. He only went for a two and a five, but it's apples and watermelons. Inside linebacker is not nearly as valuable valuable as an edge rusher. So if I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if a first round plus package is on the table, but does George Payton pull the trigger? Does his... 
greed, I guess, for having more draft capital supersede the need to keep the locker room together and focus on 2022. It depends on where his outlook is. Is he still looking to salvage this season and go all in on this year, or is he looking ahead to 2023 and beyond? But we won't know until 4 o'clock Eastern tomorrow. I have a funny feeling they're going to keep Bradley around. I don't know why. I, I don't I don't sense a trade is imminent, but I've been wrong this season quite a bit, unfortunately. What was the date for the 2021 NFL trade deadline? Do you remember? It's November 2nd, November 1st. So it's November always 2nd. late October. All right, all right, all right. So it was November 2nd. That means the Broncos were three and four. They were, let's see, one, two, three, one, two, four. They were four and four at the trade deadline last year, and they dealt Von Miller. It was a lost season, though. Someone said that in the comments. That's the difference, though. You didn't go all in on a franchise quarterback, hire a new head coach. That's you're the st- difference. You're still three and five. The season's still technically in play, and do you risk just throwing it all the way more uh, with morale by trading a captain? But I'll still man that a little bit more and say, yeah, while this season doesn't have the – you went all in on a quarterback and it's a new head coach, you did have a head coach battling – to save his job, and it was in the interest, it was in the best interest of the Broncos that he do that so so as to avoid more upheaval, more instability, and more egg on the face. There are factors that kind of offset. If I had to err on the side of anything here, it's hard to predict, like Zach said, without knowing what offers are actually on the table, but we know that George Payton has uh, no compunction about uh, dealing it away. And the thing is, with last year, he had no uh, loyalty to Vic Fangio. That wasn't a coach he handpicked. That was a coach that he was saddled with. You know, he handpicked Nathaniel Hackett. He handpicked Russell Wilson. And now he has new ownership looking over his shoulder and judging him on wins and losses as well. That's why maybe he trades Chubb Chad to buy himself more time and say, well, you know what? You know, Greg Penner and Rob Walton were looking ahead of 2023. That's why we dealt away uh, Chubb for draft capital. But gun to my head right now, I don't feel a trade coming. I don't think so either. If I had to, to if you had to, you know, in pen, make a prediction, Jensen, I'm saying there you have too much on the line this year to just, I mean, you, you fifth year adoptioned him for a reason. We don't quite know for sure about Randy Gregory when he's coming back, Baron Browning banged up. Can you really afford to trade Bradley Chubb right now? If you have any hope of salvaging this season or at least continue, you know, being a competitive threat down the stretch, you can't really afford it. You can't really afford it. Not if they would have lost yesterday, it would have been a wrap, I feel like. I agree. That sh- it, it, that's why the comment earlier from Sam Bam about how it was a big deal for Nathaniel Hackett, yes, but it was a big deal for the Broncos. It kind of reshaped the, the chessboard, as it were. Uh, Nacho throwing down some big boy stars. Thank you, my friend. He says, finally, a somewhat happy Monday. Am I crazy about being optimistic about our new tight end one development? The freak, as uh, Russell Wilson called him. Zach, what did you think of Greg Dulcich's contributions yesterday? Man, he's making me eat so much crow chat. I was not a fan of that draft pick. Neither were you for that matter. And he spent most of his rookie season, you know, getting healthy. And I figured anything they would get from Dulcich would be the cherry on top, would be a bonus. But that 98-yard touchdown drive they had yesterday, which probably their best drive of the season, that was dominated by Greg Dulcich. And he's a guy that's a mismatch nightmare for defenses. He's too big for... Uh, safeties or corners and too fast for linebackers. And and Russell Wilson needed that safety blanket. He needed someone over the middle that he can target in the intermediate short area of the field. And that's where Dulcich uh, does his most damage. So yeah, tight end one. And it's like at this point, Alberto, who complete thing of the past. What a flub that was. Miguel. Thank you, buddy. He says, I hope they don't trade Chubb. 
uh, never have. I think that would be like throwing a grenade in the locker room. Exactly. You're 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 on the same wavelength as us in terms of understanding the potential stakes here of what message you're sending to that locker room if you trade Chubb. Uh, Tom with the super chat. Thank you, buddy. Greg Dulcich. Wow. As mentioned last week, the real deal. Yes, indeed. He appears to be just that. And now we're seeing different evaluations coming out of the woodworks that were from draft season, uh, like the uh, what's the podcast that Ike Taylor's on. We were added on it today, Zach, on Twitter, where they were saying, no, that, yeah, this is not only the best tight end in the 2022 class. This is the best receiver in the class. We'll see if it shakes out that way. But I mean, the bang for buck you're getting from this kid. I mean, his sample size, Zach, has been minimal, right, because of that hamstring injury that kept him out the whole first quarter of the season, but he's already set Broncos records. He has more receiving yards in his first three games as a rookie tight end than any rookie tight end in Broncos history. And if he keeps up at this pace, he's going to completely obliterate Noah Fant's record for the most receiving yards at tight end in Broncos history for rookies. Yeah, that shouldn't be difficult. You know, I, I flipped on the Seahawks game yesterday. I saw Noah Fan catch a three-yard pass and fall down. So I, I don't <laughs> miss Fan too much because the Broncos have an all-around. I don't want to say George Kittle just yet, but I see the glimpses. I see the flashes of what Dulcich could be and just – uh, the Broncos needed that sort of reliability in the middle of the field, kind of replacing what they lost in Tim Patrick. Savage Boy Kev on Twitch, thank you for being with us, as always, my friend. He says, would it be ideal for the Broncos to move to switch Lloyd Cushenberry's position, maybe to left guard? I really don't think it matters. I don't think he's strong enough to play in right. the league. Bottom line, smart enough, sure. Athletic enough, borderline. Strong enough, no. And he's now, Zach, had three... NFL off seasons to build that NFL body and build that NFL strength and really level up to where he would need to be. It's just not there. Sorry. He had a fair swing at the plate to like prove himself that I'm this team's long-term permanent center. And dude, you went from watch the tape. Okay. Graham Glasgow was not perfect when he came in in relief of Cushenberry, but you went from, on a snap-in, snap-out basis, about two-thirds of the time, if it was a run, Cushenberry blown into the backfield. If it's a pass, Cushenberry blown into Russell Wilson's lap. That was about two-thirds of every snap that he he sent back to Russell Wilson. That changed <clears throat> Pardon me, when Graham Glasgow was on the field. I'm, it changed. Now, Graham wasn't that big of a difference maker at right guard earlier this season when Quinn Miners was hurt, but at center – I think he is a difference maker. And Zach, that's the combination inside I have been pounding the table for for weeks. Give me Reisner, if you must, at left guard. Give me Glasgow at center and Miners at right guard. And if you allow that trio, because this is something that Eric Trickle brought up in the uh, his, his weekly grades article today, which is a great read. Go check it out, guys, after the podcast. But he brings this up that before Cushenberry went down, if you're analyzing, you got a spotlight snap in, snap out only on left guard. You see that Dalton Reisner didn't look so good up until Cush got hurt. Why? In large part, it's not the only explanation, but in large part, it's due to him constantly having to shade help over to Cush. He's always having to keep one eye on Cush. And then when Glasgow went in, he didn't have to do that anymore. And he could focus on his assignment. And shocker, he ended up looking like the Dalton Reisner that we kind of remember from his rookie year, which was the only year he's been in Denver without Cushenberry as a concern right next to him. 
Yeah, Reisner has not been good, but I kind of feel for him. To his right is Cushenberry. To his left is either Cameron Fleming or Calvin Anderson after Bowles got hurt. So tough assignment. Moving Cush's position maybe to left bench because as Chad pointed out, he's just not cut out to be a starting caliber center considering his play style. And now it's two different schemes, two different position coaches, Chad, the man scheme, the zone scheme. He's failed in both. And when Glasgow came in, like I mentioned, like Chad mentioned, the offense kind of took off in the second half. No coincidence there. I am keeping Glasgow on the pivot. The Duchess throwing down top rope. Thank super you, chat. Another As visit from a Mount Rushmore super chat superstar here at MHH. We love you. She says, I don't want to trade Chubb. I heard um, either trade or a new deal. Hmm? Well, a new deal. Yeah. Well, that was reported by uh, Schefter yesterday that if they don't trade him, they're going to work on an in-season extension. That If he ever if he leaves Denver, it's going to be right now, not next offseason or the offseason after that, barring a franchise. No, no, no. If they don't trade him tomorrow, they're going to sign him to a, a contract extension. So that would also, Zach, for what it's worth, if they were able to accomplish that, you still got to figure out the salary cap voodoo, but that would free up the franchise tag for uh, Draymond Jones. Yeah, I initially read that as eat her or trade her, and I was like, bleh. Um, yeah, you really have two options. Again, if you're not dead set 110% committed to re-signing Bradley Chubb and paying, what is a market value edge rusher, Chad? $25 million annually? I, I mean, that's a lot of coin to shell out when you've invested $70 million in Randy Gregory. Baron Browning is looking like a stud. Nick Benito had a coming out party yesterday. Jonathan Cooper's there as well. You have depth, so it's... It's either you want to keep him around beyond this year or you look to maximize his trade value at its peak, and at its peak is right now. And again, if you let him walk as a UFA, the Broncos could get back a third, but that wouldn't be until 2024, and that could be canceled out by the Broncos' own spending in free agency. So that's why I'm saying, I think Chad agrees as well, if a first-round plus, meaning a first and a fourth, first and a third, whatever, is on the table, you have to take that deal. Phil wants to know, well, couldn't Chubb be approached with a restructure? Well, no, he's on a fifth-year option. He's on a contract year, and it's the last year of his rookie deal. The Broncos exercised a fifth year. When a, for those who don't know, real quick, when a player is drafted in the first round, one of the benefits strategically that teams have on, and this is how the, they factor in the rationale and the, the calculus for who to draft in round one and who not to, is it comes with a four-year contract. But if you're a first-round pick, teams have an option they can exercise as a fifth year, all right, which guarantees you stay one extra year. That's their control. That's the stick, so to speak. That prevents you from hitting free agency. The carrot is you get a significant raise. What is it, Zach? It's like the average of the top five. I can't five in the at your position, all right, for that one year. If you if you're exercise your your fifth year is exercised, and so that's what the Broncos did. Chubb's on a he's in a contract year. So it's not so much, Phil, a matter of restructuring his contract. It's a matter of are you going to resign him if you don't trade him, basically. And it sounds like that's what the plan is if he isn't moved. And it's just like if you commit to him for even one more year, let's say you do tag him for an excess of $20 million. Can you rely on Chubb to stay healthy? I mean, that's been his bugaboo his entire career is not being on the field and having these debilitating injuries. And he's in a contract year and performing pretty well. But let's face it, 
How much can that hold up for considering the Broncos injury woes? And is his production five and a half sacks in eight games? Is it blowing anyone out of the water? No, he's been good this year, but I wouldn't say he's like Micah Parsons as a rookie. That's the type of player that you keep around. That's the type of player that you franchise tag. You do anything in your power to retain. To me, Chubb is a tier or maybe even two below that. So if you can, again, I'll I'll keep hammering this point. If you can get a first plus, I think you got to pull that trigger. Maurice says, hey, everybody. Greetings from London. Heading home tomorrow. Never been more proud to be a Bronco fan. I've met so many new Broncos country friends from this week in London. State of being, baby. That's right, dude. Broncos country, not a geographic location. It is, in fact, a state of being. Chad Beach says, you see Denver trading Judy Gordon or Hamler? Maybe Albert O? We do need more picks for next year. Yes, more picks are needed. But Judy and Hamler, the Broncos, they're dying for offensive impact. They're not about to trade those guys because of the role they could play in a kind of resurgence offensively for Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. Gordon, if there's a buyer out there, sure, trade him. But I doubt, Zach, there's many teams picking up the phone, if any, and calling George Payton saying, hey, uh, give you a conditional seventh-round pick for Melvin Gordon. And if that's all you got back for Melvin Gordon, then why trade him? You might as well hold on to him for whatever veteran value he can offer you down the stretch. And Albert O, again, who wants Albert O? He's now damaged goods, Zach. Yeah, a conditional seventh in 2042 for Melvin Gordon. I would take <laughs> yeah. that at this point for his 3.2 yards per carry. I know we have the touchdown, but he's vulturing what Latavius Murray's doing. I think Murray's more reliable. Alberto, I don't see what you get back like Chad just laid out, but there's a couple teams I've mentioned before. I'll say it again is Green Bay, who is in desperate need of anyone who can catch the ball. They look scared to pass it in last night's game against the Bills. And also the Vikings, George Payton's former team, their tight end, Irv Smith, I think has some sort of injury. So those two teams to keep in mind, but what would you really get back? What could you hope for? I would take anything, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth round. I don't care at this point, but he has no use to the Broncos chat at all. Dulcich is tight end one, and I'm with you. I don't think they trade Jerry Judy or KJ Hamler. Maybe, again, if they would have lost yesterday and had a fire sale, but Jerry Judy is first developing a consistent chemistry with his quarterback and breaking out, and KJ Hamler. His speed, as you saw in yesterday's game, can be such a weapon, and hopefully Hackett and the coaches are learning to utilize that and harness it. Guys, we're going to keep a relatively short podcast tonight because it is uh, Halloween, and we know you guys, you have families, and you want to enjoy your holiday. I've got to go run, do some holiday stuff with my little kids. So Savage Boy Kev will grab one or two more, Zach, and then we'll say goodbye for tonight. We'll make it up to you on Thursday, though, trust. He says, so with that being said about trades and stuff – and how Reisner performed. If Reisner goes to uh, goes on to be competent, Zach, the rest of the year, could we trade him for more than what teams offered? Tomorrow's the deadline, guys. Yeah. Tomorrow is the deadline. So um, he's still a potential trade piece, though. Reisner's the one name we haven't really talked as much about as a potential trade piece. He's a guy that could be dealt. The Broncos have certainly tried to generate a market for him putting out all kinds of stuff in the press about his availability and this and that and the other the question is whether or not he's played at a level that has interested any other teams to you know because it's like what you saw you ever you've seen the movie moneyball right it's mlb yep. but you've seen moneyball all right not every trade that an nfl team makes is a result of an outside team being the them the first to contact them on a said player 
Oftentimes, if you want to deal a player, you want to see what kind of markets out there, you'll do like what Brad Pitt, a.k.a. Billy Bean does in the movie. You'll pick up the phone or one of your front office, you know, underlings, pick up the phone. Hey, uh, you know, get me the Patriots GM, Bill Belichick on the phone. Give me the Houston guy, whatever. Hey, thinking about moving Reisner. Yep, finally come to the terms of uh, we got a guy behind him we love. What do you got? Nothing. Okay, bye. Click next. Rolodex, you know, robo-dialer. Call the next GM. That happens. Do you think now, though, Zach, the Broncos are doing that, actively trying to shop Reisner, or do you think they're a little more like, well, look, so much upheaval up front, can we really afford to trade him? Exactly. You mentioned a guy that we really – I know you're using it as an example, but is Natani Muti really a guy they love? They don't have that – you know, all-star rookie or the hyped about young player behind Dalton Reisner. It's Moody or who Wattenberg is more of a center chat. They really don't have another capable left guard. And the line showed some improvement with Glasgow. So I would venture to guess they're going to keep Cushionberry around for the remainder of the year and hope, as you talked about, the stabilization of the center position helps Reisner as well. But he's in a contract year. And he doesn't have a fifth-year option. So as he's playing for a new deal, and I don't think the Broncos will be the one to uh, pay him that second contract. So these last, what, nine games, eight games, whatever, what could be or should be, likely will be Reisner's last in a Broncos uniform. All right, last Super Chat question of the night. Okay, this is from Naj. Love you, big dog. Another pivotal, legendary Mount Rushmore Super, uh, super Chat superstar the lore surrounding this man's name. I mean, it's considerable. He says, hey, bros, for beating a 2-5 and five team, this is one of the bigger wins I can remember. You could see the relief and energy in the locker room after. I hope they don't trade Chubb. No more selling. Let's ride. So Naja's saying, hey, let's ride this, what momentum this could create. Let's hold down the fort. Let's, let's not be a sellers. Let's just try and make the most of what that win may have been able to provide us from a momentum standpoint. It's. I agree, and I appreciate the positivity, Naj. I do, and the season's still, I guess, still kicking, still on life support. But they got to show me a little more than beating the Jaguars. Same thing in week two when everyone celebrated Hackett's first victory, and it came barely against the Texans. For example, if they take down Kansas City after the bye week, they go on a winning streak, that would show me something. They can uh, further that momentum and maybe make something of the year. But one singular victory over the Jaguars when the last four games went so crappy for them, it's still a bad taste in my mouth that one victory can't absolve. Guys, I know that there's a lot burning on your minds. Oh, look who it is. Shout out, Mr. Jensen in the house. He wants the Broncos to keep Bradley Chubb. We shall see, Pops. We shall see. Um We'll make up this short episode. We're at 35 minutes. We'll make it up to you on Thursday night. But go enjoy your Halloween. Zach's going to give us the rundown, the goodbye rundown, and I'll do our shout-outs. But happy Halloween to Broncos country. Yeah, Alessandro asking if there's one player, who is it going to be? We touched on this extensively. If there's one guy, it would be Bradley Chubb. But uh, nothing imminently cooking as far as Chad and I know. But the deadline is at 4 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. But that was the Mile High Huddle podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. On this holiday, Halloween 2022 edition, be sure to follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod, the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and our producer, Scott, who's traveling home from London at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like I'm wearing, Chad's wearing, huddleuppod.com, go get your merch. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Great quality, very comfortable, and very stylish. Facebook.com slash pod. Be sure you're liking and following that page. And if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every month. But 
as you see ticking below you, please do these three things. Sub, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen. Amen. We appreciate those of you who do take the time to at least like the video. And if you share it, man, Zach and I were always blown away by that. Shout out to these great Facebook supporters tonight. Nacho Fernandez, Phil McLaughlin, Miguel Santistevan. Love each and every one of you. Plus, we got Sam Bam on YouTube, Zeus, Tom, the Duchess, and Naj. We appreciate those of you who not only tune in, as Zach said. I mean, if you're in the room and you're watching or you're listening after the fact, we appreciate each and every one of you. We really, really do. Those who throw down supers, throw down stars, you go a long way toward helping us keep the lights on here at MHH. So thank you very much. Enjoy your Halloween. We'll see you on Thursday. Take care, and as always, guys, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.